Thank you, Noah. Uh, you will may sit and let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for all the blessings that you have been giving to us. Thank you that this morning we can study your word. I pray that your Holy Spirit talk to our spirit. And Father, I pray that we can grow in grace and we can grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And thank you, Father, for this privilege that you give to us to study your word. And thank you that this is the day that we can come and worship your holy name. We pray in your name. Amen. It's a great blessing for me to be here and great privilege to be here. And today we're going to study uh, Acts chapter 2, and it's all about uh, Jesus. And I want that you remember when you accept Christ as your Savior, uh, maybe when you accept Christ as your Savior, you were in second grade or you were a little kid or one of the teachers, Sunday school teachers uh, shared the gospel with you and you uh, accept Christ. Maybe for some of you, when you accept Christ, you were in a tough situation. Maybe you were fighting an addiction or you were crisis in your marriage. Uh, and then you accept Christ and by God's grace, he started doing change in your life. Please think about your conversion. For some of us, when we accept Christ, we have a big change. For some of us, we want to read the Bible in one week. We want to know more about God. And for some of us, we want to share the gospel of grace to other people to tell the great news. How was your conversion when you accept a Christ? Maybe all these conversions were different, but, the, the, but it's the same is that redemptive work of Christ, the suffering and dying resurrection. In each conversion, we have Jesus Christ. I want that you think about your first love. Think about your first love. Maybe you were a little kid when you had your first love. I remember my first love. I was in second grade. Uh, uh, my teacher, Anna, my wife is Anne, but my teacher was Anna, uh, I was a great student. I bring uh, apples, I bring uh, sandwiches. I was doing the best student ever because I want to tell to my teacher that I, I have a crush on her, but I never tell her, only I was a good student. But it's the same, you know, when you have the honeymoon, uh, you give nice presents to your husband or to your wife, you buy watches or clothes, or nice food. Why? Because you want to demonstrate to your husband or to your wife that you love them. And all of this is because you are in love of this person and you want to demonstrate. With these new Christians, they were doing all of this because of, of the gift that the husband, Jesus Christ, was giving to the bride, the church. And he was giving the Holy Spirit. The love of Christ for us is the one who can make all this change in our life. The work of the Holy Spirit is the one who transforms our life and the way that we live our life. Again, it's the work of the Holy Spirit. If we have change in our life, it's because the Holy Spirit is working in us. And all of these actions that the first Christians were doing was a consequence of Pentecost. But let's see what Pentecost means. First, come from the Old Testament and was the feast of Passover. Fifty days after Passover, another uh, definition. Second, celebration of the harvest. 
third New Testament is a fulfillment of the Old Testament, and we see that Christ is harvesting his church. And fourth, Pentecost is when Jesus is sending his Holy Spirit. He is sent to heaven, and because of this, the church was able to devote its, itself to the teaching of Christ, have fellowship, and break bread with the church. First point, it's all about Jesus, not about Peter, from verse 14 to 21. We see the Holy Spirit transform Peter. Yes, you remember Peter, the one who wants to defend Christ with a sword, and he uh, caught the ear of one of the servants of the priest. Uh, Peter, the one who denied three times Jesus. He said, Jesus, I will never deny it. I will never leave you. And he denied three times, and he left Jesus. The apostle Peter, uh, the same when the Holy Spirit came, he started speaking in a different language, and he knew that this sermon was not about him, but was about Jesus. Because in this sermon, he can start saying, hey, I received the Holy Spirit, and I have a tongue of fire on me. Oh, hey, I speak different languages. Oh, when I receive the Holy Spirit, I feel so strong and I feel the power of the Holy Spirit. He can start saying that on this sermon. But he knew that this sermon is all about Jesus and not about him. Then Peter stand up and raise his voice and say, these men are not drunk. It's only nine in the morning. Because what's normal to see a person who was drunk, but one person, but you see 120 people. It's impossible that 120 people will be drunk in this time of the morning. And he is telling to all these people that was the Holy Spirit. And he starts connecting an Old Testament passage that everybody knew what was going on. To, to these people. He started a sermon with an Old Testament prophecy, uh, the prophecy of Joel, a prophecy that the Israelites knows really well. And Acts 17:21 say, And in the last days it shall be, God declares that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, on your sons and on your daughters shall prophecy. And your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. What really happened in that day? Old Testament prophecy was fulfilled that day. The Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, descends over 120 people. They start speaking in tongues of different language. Little tongues of fires come upon them. Jesus saving death and resurrection have been accomplished, and now the work of the Spirit is building the church of Christ. That needs to occur before Christ returns. But what does it mean for us in 2022? What does it mean that event that the Holy Spirit came? That means that we can have an intimate relationship with God, enjoying worship. Pentecost has opened the door for us to have an intimacy and supernatural experience with God. As Romans 5, 5 said, God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given 
to us. When we receive the Holy Spirit, we're able to have an intimate relationship with God. When we have the Holy Spirit, we can talk to God at any time, at any hour, in the morning, in the night, in the midnight, we can talk to him. And, you know, what's funny, I was praying at four in the morning because I wake up because I want to be late here. And I was praying, God, please help me and my family to wake up early and worship you. And that's the beautiful. When we have the Holy Spirit, we can talk to God at any time and he hears us. When we receive the Holy Spirit, we can have a personal relationship with Jesus. Knowing that, how is going to be your relationship with your Savior? First point, it's all about Jesus. It's not about Peter. Second point, it's all about Jesus, his death and resurrection from verse 22 to 34. Peter, after explaining the Old Testament, is having a great transition to the New Testament. He's explaining who is Jesus. Verse 22, he again say, listen carefully. He's not saying listen, but he's saying listen carefully. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man accredited by God with mighty work and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst as you yourself know. He's reminder to the Israelites who is Christ. He's reminding, hey, Jesus Christ made miracles. Jesus Christ was with you. And you know that he's a man from God. But then in verse 23, he goes further. He wants to tell these guys that was who is Jesus Christ. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and for knowledge. And you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him on the cross. Again, this was the plan of God. We can see God's sovereignty in this passage. He was planning a rescue from the eternal death. Verse 24, God raised him up, losing the pangs of death, because it was not possible for him to be held by it. He explained to all these people that Christ's death was necessary. Was necessary so Jesus Christ can rescue us from our sins. Was necessary so Jesus Christ can Reestablish that uh, relationship that we lost uh, with Adam and Eve. That was necessary so he can rescue us from the wrath of God, from the eternal death. Verse 25 to 28, he goes back to the Old Testament. He was in the Old Testament with the prophet of Joel, and then he came to the New Testament, and then he goes back to the Old Testament. And he's talking about how David is referring to, to Christ from verse 29 to 30. And everybody knew David, the King David, the great hero. And he was telling, do you remember the King David? And everybody, I'm assuming, was saying, yes, we can see that tomb of King David is still here. We can see that his bones are over there. And King David cannot defeat death. But Jesus Christ defeat death. And he's saying he does not have the power to defeat death. But David is pointing to Christ, the one who dead cannot defeat, the one that we can trust in him. Peter was making a connection like the great hero that Israelites have cannot defeat death. 
that great hero cannot defend you from death, from eternal death. But you know what? King David is pointing to Jesus Christ, the one who defeats death, the one who is the true hero. Verse 33 to 35, being therefore exalted at the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this, that you yourself are seen and hearing. For David did not ascend into heavens, but he himself says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstone. We see the promise of the Holy Spirit and the ascending of Christ to heaven. We can see in this passage a great victory that Christ made for us on the cross, his resurrection, the promise of the Holy Spirit. We can see the fulfillment of promises of the Old Testament. We can see the sovereignty of God the Father when Jesus went to the cross. We can see the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We can see the promise of the Holy Spirit. Knowing all of this, how is going to be your attitude for sharing the gospel with other people? People of God, the Holy Spirit is with us and he's powerful. We just have a, we receive members, we receive a five families as new members uh, and talking to them, you know, I was thinking they were start attending the church and they always put attention when on the Bible stories, on the sermon. Uh, and I was a feeling that, you know, of this, uh, know Christ or they want to know more about Christ. But when we have the membership class, I start sharing the gospel really clearly. And, you know, we went step by step or condition in that we need Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit was working in their life. And they start accepting Jesus Christ. They hear me weeks, months. But you see, it's the work of the Holy Spirit. The work of the Holy Spirit. Why they don't accept Christ in the Bible lessons? Why they don't accept Christ uh, during the sermons? But they accept Christ because the Holy Spirit was working and was working all this time in their life. And by God's grace, five families, they accept Christ and we baptize uh, these families because they were from a background that they never attended church and they never were in a church. Again, the work of the Holy Spirit was not because I was speaking so eloquent, was not because I was uh, doing this and that. No, the work of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit still working today. First point is not about Peter, it's about Jesus Christ. Second point, it's all about Jesus, his death and resurrection. And third and last point, it's all about Jesus, the Lord who can forgive our sins. From verse 36, 41, it's not about you, it's not about me. We see Peter saying again, pay attention to my words. God has made Jesus Lord, that means ruler, the one who commands, and Christ, the Messiah, anointed one, the one that you crucify. You know, if we see this sermon of Peter, Peter is talking Old Testament, New Testament, Old Testament, and then New Testament and Old Testament. It's defining who is Christ. It's defining Lord and Christ. And then he reminds them, 
the one that you crucify. We see the work of the Holy Spirit in verse 37. Now when they hear this, they were cut to the heart and say to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Who can make a cut on the heart? Again, the Holy Spirit. When you share the gospel to someone, the Holy Spirit is working in their hearts. When you pray for someone, the Holy Spirit is working in their heart. And we see in this passage that the Holy Spirit caught on their heart. And they were asking, what can we do? Verse 38, 39, And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, for the promise is for you and for your children, and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord or God calls to himself. We see the promise for the parents, that this promise will be for his children. When I was saying it's not about you or me, I, I am preferring that we do not need to expand our kingdoms, but we need to expand Christ's kingdom. Sometimes with our family, we want to expand our own kingdom to our wife, to our kids. Or the other way, sometimes we want to expand our own kingdom to our husband and to our kids or to the people who is around us. And that's why we're in so many crises. And that's why we have fightings. And that's why we are jealousies and envy because we want to expand our own kingdom. But over here, it's telling us that we need to expand Christ's kingdom and everything will be completely different with our relationships, with our kids, with our wife, husband, in our job. Because New St. Peter and El Buen Pastor are a continuation of the Pentecost Day. 2,000 years later, we are here. Why? Because people start sharing the great news of Jesus Christ. Because people start sharing and sharing and sharing the gospel. And then all Europe know about Jesus Christ. And then they came to America. And now we are here 2,000 years later. We are here. And we are a continuation of the Pentecost. When the Holy Spirit came, still working today. How many of us do we spend time in prayer for our friends or family that does not know Christ? How many of us do we invite our neighbors to our church? How many of us do we share the gospel with our co-workers or with the parents of our children, friends, when they are facing tough moments? Why we do not like to share the gospel? A lot of people come to me and told me, Pastor, I do not have the gift of sharing the gospel. Uh, and I told them, oh, I don't know that was a gift. Because I know that it's a commandment that Jesus Christ tells us and say, go and share the good news. Share the gospel of grace and baptize them and make disciples. It's a commandment that we have. But again, I, I don't give a hard time to them and say, okay, invite him to church. Invite him to church, and I give one of these, uh, who will be the king or the two ways to live. I give it to them in Spanish. I say, at least share one of these tracks to them and pray for them. How many of us, we are acting as Peter? 
Peter spent days, weeks, months, and years with our Lord Jesus Christ, and he was afraid to talk about Christ. He spent so much time with Jesus Christ, and he was afraid. But what happened when the Holy Spirit came? He was able to share the good news of Jesus Christ, of his death and resurrection. And then what happened? We see the power of the Holy Spirit. 3,000 people come to Christ that time. We need to pray for boldness, as Acts 4.29 said. And now, Lord, look upon their treats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. Christ is harvesting his church. We need to pray for people that doesn't know Jesus Christ. Do you want that New St. Peter be a place to bring people to Christ? How does it look like that is your job and not only the job of the pastor, of the staff, of the deacons, of the elders, but is your job, is our job. We need to work as a team, especially now that you're looking for a new pastor. We need to pray for guidance. We need to pray for unity. And we need to pray to expand God's kingdom here in this location. Jesus is working in harvest. Boldness to start talking to people of Christ, about Christ. And again, you know, I'm pretty sure you have a track. Start with a track. Give a track to your friend and pray for them. And then have conversations about life. And they, you will see that they need Christ in their job, in their family, with their kids, with their situation, with the spiritual situation that they are facing. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for all the blessings that you give to us. Thank you that it's about you and it's not about us. Help us to expand your kingdom. And Father, forgive us that so many times I personally expand my own kingdom. I pray, Father, that you help us to expand your kingdom so we can be peacemakers and we can connect the families, the people to you, to Jesus Christ. And help us, Father, to invite people to New St. Peter so we can continue to grow in grace, grow in the knowledge of your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for the blessings that you give to us. And, Father, help us to be light and salt uh, wherever we are. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.